Hey, how's it going, Travis? Eddie, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on? There you are. I was wondering about that. I couldn't hear you very a little bit there. Yeah, I don't know. It's like my earbuds are not working for a second. Let me try no, something. No worries. No worries. That might have something to do with it. All right. Okay. All right. Can you hear me? I hear you great, man. How do I? How, can you hear me? Yeah, it's just going through my phone. I had this problem last time. I don't know why it does this. Okay. I think I want to say last time I had one of these shows with somebody, I had to reconnect. Sure. Sure. Um, let's see. Let me let me just try to shut that earbuds off first before we do that. Okay. I think that's what I'll I had do. to do. It's just this app for some reason. I, I get it. It's a, it's a work in progress. Let's see. Okay. Check, check. I, I hear you. Okay. I got you now. All right. Now that the technical difficulties are out of the way. Uh, how how mm -hmm. you been doing, man? It's been a while I've since I've been doing good. Yeah, yeah. We... Uh, when was the last time we were on here? We were on here a long time ago, you and me. Back in uh, April 10th, about a month ago, it looks like. Yeah, it's been a month. Wow. Yeah, well, not yeah. even close, actually. I have a month. I don't know why my mouth, my mouth is all wrong. Anyway, <laughs> we're both, we're both, you know, getting serious about this podcast thing. We're both trying to start up our podcast. And, uh, but, you know, we got, you, you got yours. You want to introduce yours? Yes. Um, Mine is going to be called The Beaner Bros, and it's with uh, my co-host, one of my best friends named Delphini. Um, he will definitely be like the comedic relief of the show, um, and I try my best. Um, sometimes my comedy comes off a little dark or maybe just kind of off the cuff. That's just kind of like how I do it. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as he goes comedically, he's just kind of all over the map, so. He nice. he's kind of he's been in that game a lot longer than I have, so it's fairly new for me to like pursue that. Mm. Uh, but you know, even when I was uh, younger, even as a kid, I mean, it, it had always been an issue with like, I if I get people laughing, that's just encouragement. Like, I can't stop. Like, I've, yeah, it, I've, it's I've, a big thing. Like, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. You used to cause a lot of trouble as a kid, I bet, huh? Yeah, I was a good student, but yeah. uh, my, my conduct grade suffered because, you know, <laughs> I get bored. I get done with stuff. I get bored, start making people laugh. I just, I don't know. It was like my drug yeah. at, at the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to start the childhood, starting with drugs. Um, well, also, also yeah. it's like, you know, um, I was in a household too where I had to be like, you know, pretty like reserved and keep to myself and like only talk unless mm -hmm. you know, spoken to, you know, unless it was my mom. She was more of the softer side. Mm -hmm. But 
you know. So I always felt like school was an outlet for me to really be who I was. And uh, I would act out. But not yeah. in like a harmful way. I wasn't a bully or nothing like that. It was just like, mm -hmm. sometimes just blurt shit out or not raise my hand, yeah. you know. Yeah. You're trying to get attention that you didn't get at home. I get it. Exactly. Okay. Well, I, I know you're an artist, right? Like, I, I want to talk to you about your art for a little bit here. Um, do you have your art anywhere, like, you could find it? You know, do you have it in social media or a website that you have, maybe? Um, if people want to check me out, um, my Instagram definitely needs a revamp. But if you mm -hmm. want to just have a little taste of what I can do, I have stuff on. It's E Garcia 84. It's all one word. Gotcha. Very nice. E Garcia 84. Easy enough to remember. Uh -huh. um, okay. But yeah, I, I need to do a complete revamp because uh, I feel like I'm selling myself short with what's on there. Um, yeah. And not to toot my horn, but yeah, I got way better stuff. I just, a lot of us art artists, man, we're lazy, man. It's like you <laughs> obsess, you obsess over this one project forever. And like, once it's done, you feel like it's done, but you're like, I'm really just beginning now because it's 2021. I have to promote this shit. Now. Yeah. It's like I got it. I got to get it scanned or whatever. I got to get it online. Like, yeah, you got to you know, filter and all sorts of crazy shit just to mm -hmm. stand out on the crowd in the, in the sea of people. Now, what got you into drawing, though? Believe it or not, it was two things. It was um, Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and growing up in Chicago, watching Michael Jordan do his thing when they won their first championship. Like, yeah. those things were very in inspirational because – when I first started drawing, that's all I would draw would be like Ninja Turtles or like little monsters or like uh, Michael Jordan or maybe some other basketball players I like. Like there was like really nothing else. Uh, I used to get <clears throat> real into Halloween and I would draw like a lot of like Halloween stuff, but only around Halloween. Yeah. Um, same with like Christmas because um, my parents, they were like real big on like at least uh you know some minimum lighting and decorations like the old cardboard ones you put in the windows and stuff so um i always got into that and when we were in school when they still had art in school the teachers would like have us do stuff during the holidays i always got into all that stuff okay so were the holidays but, a real big big thing for you or was it was it kind of just under the radar uh, most of the time? uh they were uh, I would say overall, I really got, uh, not to get too dark, but I really got into drawing mainly because um, uh, right around the time I really got into it, there was a lot of like chaos in the household. So mm -hmm. like this was like my escape. I would just like, because I love music too. So I would just like turn on the radio full blast and just like, you know, push that shit out of my head what was going on outside my room and then I would just like draw and like I'd be all right and uh, I don't know I guess it was like my first time I like taught myself how to deal with you know unideal situations you know yeah it's always hard as a kid to see your parents two people that you should that shouldn't be fighting and only fight it makes it real hard to see what real relationships be should uh should turn out to be 
Um, how do you think that's affected your relationships in your life? Um, because growing up, a lot of the conflict I've seen stemmed from alcohol. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of my relationships were, uh, it seems like the woman likes to drink a lot and stuff that is like a, I don't know if it's like a form of PTSD with me or whatever. I just don't, I don't like being around that shit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, like one or two, like celebrating something, that's something else. You know, I don't, I don't mind that. That's, but like, I, it's automatic turn off for me. Like, you know, men and women, like friends too. I don't like being around my friends when they're sloppy drunk or I don't like being around, you know, my significant other if they're drunk, you know, it's just, and I think that all stems from childhood, like what I saw, because, I mean, even though I drank, eh, not heavily, but socially from like the ages of 21 and 25, like, even then, like, it was never like a a serious issue with me personally. But like, I don't know if you're doing it socially with a group of people and you're all smashed, you don't really notice, you know, that they're drunk. Cause you're drunk, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, but yeah, it's kind of got, the, yeah. As those hangovers started to kick your ass, you know, and then I slowed down. <laughs> and then I, I moved moved around for, away from the old crew and just kind of just not drank. Like I was just like, hey, I'm saving money. I'm really not that into it. Like, no, you. I mean, it makes it makes sense, you know. Uh, why you wouldn't be doing it anymore? So let's go back to let's go back to your drawing. Right. What okay. were some of the things that got you? You you said a couple things. Uh, you said basketball and TMNT were your uh, inspiration. Yes. Now, how, how, how did they inspire you? Why were those things specifically inspirational? And how, why did you remember those now? You know, um, I really don't. I want to say. When I started drawing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I want to say I was honestly, it was during like our arts and crafts time. And I want to say somebody, I saw somebody else trying to draw something like that. And like a little asshole almost. I was just like, that sucks. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> I was like, I could do better than that. Like, so I kind I guess to prove something to myself or I don't know who I was trying to prove it to, but it, I just took the challenge upon myself and and tried to draw from memory from because I watched the cartoon. I loved it. You know what I mean? And I was just kind of going off memory because I didn't have anything like as a reference besides his little shit drawing. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so I went to town and I remember um, I showed my mom, who's always been so supportive since day one. I think that that's what really helped mold me uh, into an artist was my mom has never once said like, Hey, if you pick this, this as your way of living or a career path, you're never going to make it. She's never said anything remotely close to that. So, I mean, always been supportive about that. You know, like I could always count on Christmas that I did one of those like kids art sets, you know what I mean? Or art art supplies. Like she always encouraged (laughs) it. She was super supportive of you. That's that's fantastic in a young person to have oh, that yeah. kind of that kind of love. That's fantastic. So so you you and your mom have a good relationship then? Yes. Yes. I that's mean, fantastic. um 
like I, I've been telling her I'm slowly getting back into making flyers down here and I was like I, it would really help and save time if I get this thing called a Wacom and she didn't know what I was talking about I shared a link with her and she sent me one like a week and a half later so I mean that just goes to show you like you know, she's always like down to help you know, I just mm-hmm. need to let her know yeah I think moms are pretty amazing people you know, because we forget that they're people still. You know, we just see them as our mom. Oh, and the stuff they go through and the, and, the, and how encouraging and how amazing they are is really, really just impresses upon you how strong these people are. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, a lot of stuff uh, my mom did to sacrifice for her kids, like, I didn't even really realize until I was, like, well into my 30s. Yeah. Um, and then also like when I was put in a position to watch after my sister when we lost our father um, you know I had to parent up and I mean I really do believe it it has to be one of the hardest jobs in the world I didn't didn't have to go through like you know raising a kid from a baby until a teenager it was just like all of a sudden my sister went from my teenage sister to like Oh my God, now you're my teenage daughter, more or less. Like, no one else is yeah. looking out for you right now. Like, yeah. And you had to take on all these new responsibilities that you had no idea even how to, how to handle oh, yourself yeah. if you didn't oh, yeah. have her to take care of. You know, it's very it's impressive first, that you had to do that. It, it's, it's the first time I had to go to like a parent teacher conference or, e- or email teachers and like all this stuff. It was also new to me. Yeah, man. Too young to be doing that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. But what what age yeah. were you when that when that happened? Whew. She was eighteen, and I was only like thirty-one. Oh, okay. I thought that was like when you guys were way younger. Never mind. That that's still no. tough. That still is, yeah, a, especially if you don't have a kid, tough. and all of a sudden you're taking care of them. It's kind of a. I, I mean, you gotta understand. My my parents were thirty when they had me, and then here I am, thirty-one, trying to get sober <laughs> yeah. my father and now yeah. i have this 18 year old who's yeah. trying to commit suicide every two months like it's yeah. it was fucking tough man and then on top of that like i kept having car problems and i lived 20 miles from work and like yeah it was just like pile after pile after pile but it was a hard um, time in your life it was really hard but i mean I hate saying that, like, oh, I, I have no regrets. I wouldn't change it. There's a lot I would change, and I would have handled things a lot differently, uh, knowing what I know now. But knowing what I know now would have never have happened if I didn't go through those trials and tribulations. You know what I mean? True. We can't. We're, we'd be really boring people if we didn't have any kind of experience. You know, what, what, what other kind of experiences have you had that's kind of changed your mindset about life, about how to handle certain situations? Like if you knew this now, how would you have changed how you reacted then kind of thing? You know, you know what I would tell myself, I would say, just take a big, deep breath. Like, like everything else in this world is, this is only temporary. Like, and it's it's just 
it's all small stuff. It's just, it, it built up on you really fast and you just got to treat it that way and chip away at it one thing at a time. And I think that was the major, um, the major initi initiator of, of a lot of my stress and anxiety at the time was just, I was just trying to be everywhere at once. And that's yeah. too much for one person. Trying to do all the things. Yeah, and and there was plenty of people that would have helped me, but it's just like, you know, it's just the nature of man, I think. If they see someone that looks like they know halfway what's going on, then they might not offer help. But, you know, um, I was struggling, and, you know, um, luckily I had a neighbor. I think I told you this before she grew up with my father. So um, if I had any car issues or something, she knew all of my dad's old friends and stuff. She would get me hooked up. Or if I needed to talk to someone, she was always there. And uh, I told you she had lost her husband like maybe nine years ago or something. So, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? yeah. um, so you guys were both going through some, yeah. some trauma. You were able to, to lean on each other to kind of support each other through the difficult yeah. times it's great to have somebody like that in your life to be and, able to and, and have that so awesome. i i think one of the best dynamics was uh, her name's kathy by the way um kathy mm -hmm. would she would tell me these stories about my dad that he never told because he was very uh crass and and boisterous and proud of his stories so you know <laughs> sometimes sometimes he would tell me the same story like once or twice but like she would tell me some stories that involved her and him and some other people, friends of his that I knew. And like, oh, my God, you couldn't make this shit up. I mean, <laughs> the chaos they caused. I just I, yeah, I could just only imagine being a fly on the wall in that part of Chicago in the 70s, early 80s. Like, I mean, they're, they're all maniacs, but like the yeah. funniest maniacs you'll ever meet. They're good people. <laughs> they're just a little off, you know. Yeah, well, they had that freedom to do whatever they want because there wasn't any cameras around. There wasn't anybody, mm -hmm. you know, with a with a cell phone in their pocket just recording you for anything. You know, no social media, so you wouldn't have to, you know, be embarrassed with your 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 looking back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, I try sometimes. I try to explain that to my girlfriend, who um, she's younger than me, but her whole life, I mean, there's always been at least high speed i want to say yeah some kind of faster internet whereas you know dial-up didn't come up around me until i was like a preteen, if i was lucky or 13 you know <laughs> yeah that dial-up sound i remember that yeah, you couldn't call, you couldn't call anybody without having uh, if you were connected to the internet it would instantly disconnect them and you'd have to like redo oh, yeah. the whole thing they can't comprehend that it's like no. i can tell them about it all day and they just don't mm. understand I mean, they rarely know what a landline is, but we work in a restaurant that has a carryout and she does that position. So like she can use a landline, but um, I don't even know if there's one in her parents' house. I'm not sure. Well, but, if, if you think about it too, there's like in our own lifetime, how much has changed technology wise? We went from wow. dials yeah. on a TV and black and white all the way up to with like only like three channels, you know. To, yeah. <laughs> every room has a TV. Playing, I, I still remember playing with 
like the rabbit ears to get the station just right. Yeah. They're putting aluminum <laughs> foil on that shit just to get yeah. it. Yeah. I remember one time the damn knob to change the channel broke off and we had like like pliers. We were using pliers yeah. to change it, man. Yeah, I remember you had to bang on the side of it once in a while to get it to get the right yeah. signal. To, it was you had a rocket. It, it was crazy yeah. the stuff. And the, and those old tube TVs are all like front heavy. I remember trying to move one downstairs one time, and it almost took me out because I held it <laughs> from the front, and all the weight was there, and it's like just pulling me down real fast. Mm. I'm like, mm. I'm you gotta be careful, man. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, like um. Art has always been like a form of, of solace for me. And um, I went to school for graphic design, like right after high school. And I kind of half-assed it. I never took my SATs. I should have. But I just immediately jumped into this community college because they gave me a full ride for free. And I was like, why not? And then I also got a Pell Grant. So like, I didn't have to pay for tuition or my books or supplies or any of that shit. So, uh, you know, um, I felt it was the only viable way for me to still be able to draw, but also um, make a living because uh, there's much more than just drawing and graphic design. Like um, you have to learn how to draw like digitally, like with a mouse and like you come up with your concepts and your roughs with pencil and paper but a lot of times that's not what your final is going to consist of uh unless the client wants something done by hand which the last client i had i made the whole thing completely by hand and they loved it you know so and um, how long does it usually take you to do some of this artwork well it's been about four years since I've done something like that. And I don't know if you've ever looked at any, or if you could pull up real quick, like old school comedy flyers, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of information you have to squeeze on those things. And in the margin and in the cracks. Yeah, and... just everywhere. Any, what we call in the biz and the graphic design business called <clears throat> anything that doesn't have writing or an image is called negative space but when you're doing like flyers for uh, festivals and uh, comedy shows you have very little negative space to uh, play with so it's like everything has to be very intentional and it's nerve-wracking especially if you haven't done it in four years um, but uh, my roommate who was uh, in charge, man, he put this shit together like a boss. Like he's been doing it for 20 years. It's the first show he ever put together. He, uh, to light a fire under my ass because I was struggling a little bit, he like doubled mm -hmm. the pay. He doubled the pay and I finished it that night. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, That'll get you moving. I hate the money talks crap, but it really does work. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, when he's doubling the price, I, I'm going to get it done, too. That sounds like... Yeah, I think I was up at 2.30 in the morning <laughs> and I finished it. Yeah. But would, were you proud of the work after you finished it, though? You know, the money is oh, great yeah. now, but were you happy oh, with your yeah. outcome? Yeah, but as a rule, uh, most creatives or artists always will look at it, no matter how many people like it, and be like, damn, I wish I would have done this, or I would have done that, and it would have been perfect, but truth of the matter is like 
even if I made the changes that I wanted to or did this or did that, I would always still find something um, that I might not have agreed with because um, I got real lucky. Uh, I don't even know if I told the host that the one that paid for this, but the last like bottom half, um, I quit like writing the letters out in pencil and then coming back and inking it and then erasing. I just started freehanding in ink, which could have ruined the whole thing. But I was like, yeah, (laughs) I could have easily ruined it easily, but you didn't though. That's what, you know, that's what makes you, I just, you're confident. Yeah, I stayed super, you're right. I stayed super confident. I said, you've done this a hundred times, a thousand times. You're not going to mess up, dude. You don't need to do this. And I started thinking about it. I go, well, even when I was younger and I used to just mess around with letters and letter forms, like I didn't pencil that stuff in first. I would freehand it. So in pen. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I just, you know, um, went to town, picked it up. And they loved it. Good. Good. I met the, the big bosses that sh- throw these shows, and they really, really liked it. We talked business, and as far as I know, uh, the next four gigs, they want me to do their flyers. Well, yeah, man. When is when is that going to be happening? Pretty soon here, or like the next few months going um, on? Well, the very first show is this coming up Friday. And oh, I shit. Believe, yeah, I, I already did that flyer, though. That's done. That's been done. So, um, but the next one would be, uh, probably towards the end of May. Um, and then like usually towards the end of the month, so May, June, July. So, mm-hmm. and how long do they give you to, uh, draw these out to whip them out and give them a template or would it be like a, is it a template first, like a sketch and then you do the hard copy or do you do the full, do you do the straight full send? Well, I went against everything I was taught in college. Um, usually you're supposed to draw what they call thumbnails. They're usually drawings no bigger than two by two or three by three inches. And uh, you draw at least about 10 of those to come up with your final idea. You pick one or two and then kind of refine those. I went ahead and just got the life size piece of paper, which was 11 by 17. And worked out a rough that way, and oh, went off. My, shit. I went off the very first idea I had and just refined it, which I never do. Well, I mean, it worked. A, it worked. Hell yeah, it worked. It worked a, a lot better than I thought it would. <laughs> I I don't know, like if something just overcame me. I don't know. My girlfriend was in the bedroom. I don't know. Maybe she's my muse. That is know. cool. Maybe I didn't know this all this time. She's my muse. How long have you guys been together? Um, like officially, probably like a a year. But we've been in each other's lives for about two years, almost two years. Nice, nice. Yeah. You guys pretty happy together? You guys aren't? Do you guys fight a lot? Is there a lot of? Is it pretty? Can you say it on air? Is that cool? <clears throat> oh yeah, I can totally say it on air. Um, honestly. She's the second person I've dated that I work with also that I don't want to like. She doesn't drive me crazy. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Like, makes a little bit of sense. Like I was afraid of this whole thing. I drove my 
feet for so long because I was like, man, the last time I dated someone I worked with, it didn't go well. Yeah. Like, like when that shit broke off, man, that shit hurt. It really, yeah. really hurt. And yeah. I don't want her to go through that. And I don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. It's so a it, I, it's a rough thing to see them every day or see them every time you go to work to see their face and be like, nope, we're not together. And that's mm-hmm. not easy. Well, when that happened, I was 21 and I was not mature anywhere close to where I am now. And I had to end up like just uh, transferring uh, to a different store, same restaurant, but just a different store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took a cut in pay and... Uh, the girl I was dating at the time just stayed at the restaurant where we met and stuff. But yeah, I was but that was the like, smartest move you could have done, though. You know, you yeah. saved yourself a lot of pain. Yeah, it it still hurt though because like I would, it wasn't a very big town, and I would still see her out. And, um, the guy she actually ended up like having a child with, like he's real close friends with some of my close friends. I just always mm-hmm. missed him. Yeah. So it was kind of like sometimes I'd be in awkward situations where I'd have to like talk to him and like hmm. I don't know. He's just like an ex football player that doesn't have much going on upstairs. So you can't really carry a conversation with him anyways, besides the weather or something. I get it. Yeah. Let's let's take a step back. Let's go back to okay. who you are and where you're from. So first let's go with let's go with where you're from originally and how your life kind of unfolded from there. Okay. Um, I was born in a, well, it's starting to sprawl now, but uh, I was born outside Chicago in a town called Munster, Indiana. And uh, it's also a little bit south of Gary, Indiana, where my mother was born. Um, they call that whole area, uh, quote, the region, because even though it's, Northwestern Indiana is still like part, very much part of the Chicago metro area. I mean, down to the a- accent, accents, to the work ethic, to the dressing, yeah. you know, fashion, whatever. Yeah. It's just an extension of Chicago that's sprawled over into Indiana. Um, okay. A lot of, uh, you... in, a lot of industrial jobs, stuff like that. Um, that's okay. why the unions are very big up there. How long did you live there for? I I was born there and I lived there until I was about 10. And then I moved south to the Louisville, Kentucky area, um, which was a major culture shock. Um, there was a lot of... I grew up like in the suburbs of Chicago. So it was like mainly Caucasian. So when we moved down South, um, it was also um, majorly like when we first moved down there, I'm sorry. When we first moved down there, we moved to an area that was right next to the housing projects. So it was all black. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that was culture shock for me because like, you know, like I said earlier, I, I love music. I've always loved hip hop. I love, yeah. you know, um, black culture and all that. But I just mm-hmm. never had the opportunity to go to school around any black people. Yeah, or sharing um, your interests. Yeah, yeah. And 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 these poor kids were like, um, you know, lived, a lot of them lived in the housing projects. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. the bus going through that. I'd never seen that shit before. 
And uh, going to that school, definitely, like, I was only in the fourth grade, but, I mean, these kids were already exposed to so much stuff they should not be exposed to. Like, I just remember some of them already, like, trying to act sexual towards one another or, like, they're, like, already, like, selling drugs and things like that. And I'm just like, Yeah, at a pretty young age, it was pretty rough. Yeah. And I just remember telling my mom about that. We only went to that school for like half a year and she yanked us out of there. And she put okay. us in a school a school that was had, you know, uh better uh ratings, you know, and it was mm-hmm. uh it was mixed. And, you know, I think it was a nice mix, but I never grew up, you know, around any other Hispanics that much. Um I think that's why me and my uh uh co host for the Beaner Brothers really clicked. Uh because, uh, you know, I, I, he was born in a border town. I don't think he was born in Mexico. Maybe he was born in Mexico. But anyways, yeah, me and him clicked immediately. Um, and I don't know if it's just he's just always been down with anything Chicago-related, and that kind of drew his interest. But I don't know. I think the first thing we bonded off of was, was comedy, like Dave Chappelle or something like that. And then. I don't know. You just know those certain people you can joke around with, and it's just like you guys just keep feeding one-liners to each other, and it keeps going <laughs> back and forth. That's how Easy we connections, were. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how we were. We were just on that, that same uh, wavelength, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, after you got into that new school, what happened there? What happened next? Did you have any good memories from that place, or did you move shortly oh, after yeah. that? I do. Um, uh, living there was nice. Uh, one of the first times I got to be in a multicultural area, and then, uh, but that was short lived. Uh, we moved out to the country after that, and then that was like Southern Indiana, all white. And I wasn't aware that uh, where I went to high school was like forty-five minutes south where the KKK originated. Oh shit. So, so if that gives you any context of how an outsider Mexican family moving in would be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very close-knit town. Like, my graduating class was 43 people. Um, everybody knew everybody. They knew their family. So us coming in as outsiders, it was kind of tough. The yeah, first alienating. Years. It, was, it was isolating. Yeah. It was a little tough the first couple of years. I feel like people started to come around about a year or so. Um, but I'd say by the time I hit high school, I started going to school there in sixth grade. But by the time I hit freshman year, uh, or no, my sophomore year, um, I think that was when I was voted class president, homecoming king, and Damn. all these meaningless high school titles. But yeah. Uh, it's a it's a nice sign to feel <laughs> included, though, you know, yes. to see re- be recognized at that early of an age. It's a little odd, but it's good to that. feel that, right? I will admit that I am an attention whore, so I I can't say <laughs> that I didn't like it for a little bit. Yeah, of course not. So, do you still talk to anybody from that time in your life? Actually, I connected with a few people from high school about. This time last year, right? No, maybe three or four months before the COVID uh, quarantine. And uh, some of these people I haven't talked to in like 10 years or more. And 
Uh, one in particular was my best friend, and he made a string of bad decisions that landed him in prison for quite some time. And uh, he did a lot of damage to himself as well, but I talked talk to him and he completely turned his life around as well Mm -hmm. and I told him my story he had no idea what I went through as well as far as addiction and things like that so um I don't know I think we both felt like it was nice to hear from each other I think we both felt I think he felt more than I did that he felt a little better about it because I think he felt this whole time, like, you know, I never went through my own battles with demons too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he felt I, alone in his struggles. Whereas he, if he just taught, went out there and communicated with somebody, you would have felt more connected with people like you, you right. done. And even though our DOCs, which those that don't know, our drug of choice were different. Um, like you said, the alienation and the shame that comes along with that was yeah. still the same. Um, it's just yeah. unfortunate we weren't in contact when we were both like, you know, kind of getting out of that and then yeah. just trying to reacclimate ourselves into society and be a person again, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's a struggle that I feel like you would feel all alone in until yeah. someone reaches out and that's a hard thing that you can and we don't we don't we don't see that in other people until we start talking to them about it you know Absolutely. it's a it's a hidden it's a hidden pain and that's too bad there's gotta Absolutely. be a way to get around that. Uh, so it's very it's very humanizing though to the, to talk to somebody that's been through it especially if it was your best friend that you haven't talked to in that long of time you know yeah not only do you share maybe some great things in your life, but you also share these pains. I think sharing yeah. the pains brings you a lot closer to just having, oh yeah, I went to Disney World too, or oh yeah, I did this. No, that's great, but like, have you had a hard breakup? Have you been addicted to drugs? Like, those are some, those are serious things that a lot of people don't get to or don't, uh, don't share with others. Yeah, I think you're right. a lot of people closer, you know, a lot of support. Yeah, I never thought about that. You're absolutely right. But that's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk about, we got a few more minutes. Let's talk about a little bit of your work. What have you done uh, to kind of discover what you can do in society, you know, from young ages up to now? What have you been up to? Uh, what do you mean in that question? Like the fine work, like what do you mean? Like what I do? Well, monetary yeah, what do you mean? Or... Yeah, yeah. From like... Uh, what was your earliest job? What was your favorite job? Oh, oh man, you're gonna laugh. Okay, so I'm Mexican American, right? So yeah, my man. very my very first job was Taco Bell. Okay, I don't know why I would laugh at that. There's nothing to laugh oh. about about that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like almost cliche, even though like <laughs> most wait, wait, Mexicans wait. don't eat there. Was it the Taco Bell that you could sit down at, the old restaurant style, or was it like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. It's, it still had drive through but yeah, you could sit down in it and stuff. Yeah, I had nice. to mop the floors nice. and for minimum wage. And free diarrhea, because you get a free meal every Ooh, day. Perfect. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stay thin and healthy. I like it. So that was, your, that was your first job? Yeah, that was my first job. My second job was across the street at Burger King. 
Now, I actually kind of liked that because it was drive through. <laughs> yeah. So I felt like I was kind of running something. I had a little bit of like power, you know? Yeah. I could holler at the managers <laughs> if I needed change or some fries dropped and shit or stuff like that, you know? So, <laughs> okay. That was when I knew you... that job right there was when I knew like I probably one of those people shouldn't have too much power. You know? It's good that you see that though. You know, a lot of people that are yeah. in power that are just hungry for it. You know, yeah. don't recognize that I am not a good person to put in power kind of thing. But you know? I don't know. I, I feel like at my age now, like I was 16 then. That was 20 years ago. But I feel at my age now, like I could totally have some power and not abuse it just because I'm just so tired and sick of seeing like disenfranchised and alienated people when a lot of times the solution could be so simple. How do you mean? Just like, I don't know, um, well, homelessness for one thing is like, is becoming like a, a nationwide epidemic. Like, epidemic. Yeah. And I guess I, it really hit close to home last night because the way we took home, uh, not even two years ago, there was no homeless camps under that highway and we drove past it. That was the first time I drove past it since then, and it was nothing but camps because it, it's a bus stop under a highway, and there's just nothing but just homeless people just camped out under there, and that's just a small part too, like maybe a city block, yeah. But uh, there's way way more than that. I mean, there's a there's a part of the city where I mean, if you catch the wind just right or if it's hot enough, like you could just smell the human excrement. And it's like that's fucking sad yeah. because you look over to your life. left and you look over to your left and there's like a five grand condominium built right there and yeah. it's like yeah some one person's living high on the hog and 50 are yeah. living underneath the bridge exactly exactly have you ever been homeless before no no thank god yeah I, I, it, it, it's a it's a challenging time for anybody I'd expect but it'd be a unique experience that not many can you know relate to you and me can't relate to the being homeless oh you know, no not realistically unless we go out and be homeless that's just something right. that's hard to do but all right I, what uh i think it is about time we started heading out okay i think it's a good good start to knowing who eddie is the all real garcia yeah the real eddie g Oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Let's uh, so we're both on Spotify. Uh, I'm on borderline wholesome vibes on Spotify. A little lumberjack with a palm tree and a sunset. You know, Eddie here. Okay. Yeah, he's on uh, Beaner Bros. Okay, is it the same um, thumbnail you used for uh, my questionnaire? Yep, yep, same thing. Okay, okay, I'll find that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, had a great talk. Thank you, everyone who was listening, and I hope you guys have a great night. Yeah, good night, you all. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Travis. Thanks, Eddie. All right, man. Have a good night. You too, bud. All right, bye.